Welcome to Content Inspire, a podcast focused on sharing good people doing great things within the sports nutrition and fitness industry. Welcome to Content Inspire. I'm your host, Andrew Calvino, and today I have the legend and badass himself, Ryan Hughes, founder and CMO of Ghost. And uh, introduce yourself to the listeners, my man. What's up, brother? First off, man, I appreciate uh, appreciate you having me on. We've been trying to link up for a bit, uh, so it's good to to finally jump on here. And uh, I don't know what we're diving into, but I'm excited. Um, as you said, I'm uh, I'm one of the, the co-founders of Ghost. Dan and myself launched this in 2016. Uh, I had uh, all the brand and, and marketing for for Ghost, uh, and it's been it's been quite the ride so far. Yeah. I just wanted to say thank you for hopping on because I, I know when my listeners hear your story, your experience, they're going to go after it, dude. So the first question I'm going to throw your way is what is your why? Oof. We going straight, straight to the source, right out of the gate. Yep. Um, so that's, that's one that, uh, you know, there's a, there's a long, long answer to that. And there's, there's probably a shorter one. Um, so I'll, I'll go, you know, I like to share, so I'll go a little long on this one. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think that's something that, you know, a lot of people, especially early on, a lot of people try to identify, um, because there's kind of a constant pressure and need to, you know, figure out what makes you happy, what you want to do, what makes you feel fulfilled, uh, ultimately your why. Right. And I think it's something that number one, takes some time to figure out. Uh, I think through, through experience, through trial, through, you know, living life, you kind of figure out what you like, what you don't like, what gets you fired up, what makes you get up in the morning, uh, and the things that you hate to get up to do. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, you know, I spent the, the better part of seven, eight years early on in my career, uh, pursuing the things that I think every kid out of school pursues, which is success in the form of, you know, notoriety or, for me, you know, getting a pro card and being successful in the fitness space uh, to, you know, having things like a cool apartment, uh, cool vacation, car, whatever, uh, to the dollars that you would associate with those things and spent seven or eight years pursuing a handful of goals, all kind of in that realm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, I was blessed to achieve a lot of those goals early on and realized that none of them fucking mattered to me. And through that process, um, it kind of made me, first off, it was a, it was a really big eye-opener. Uh, at 27 years old, having you know, my pro card, having some cash, having doing some, some pretty cool shit, covers of magazines, stuff that you know, when I was 16 year old, uh, just getting started in the gym, like things that I would have dreamed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, being so blessed to be able to achieve them at a young age gave me uh, the knowledge and insight that they actually didn't fucking matter to me. And then I could shift my focus on what does. And at the time I had no, no idea. Right. Yeah. Um, and, but I had, you know, kind of the willingness and, and I guess curiosity to wonder why those things didn't matter and what did make me happy and feel fulfilled and all of those things. Uh, so I just started trying stuff and, you know, fast forward to 2016 
when you know I really made the jump, uh, moved out of New York and and moved to Vegas to uh, to get up with Dan and, and launch this in in 2016, June of 2016. That was kind of you know the next chapter for me mm -hmm. in figuring out my why, right? Figuring out what I really wanted to do, what I was really passionate about. Um, and even truthfully, when we launched Ghost, we knew that we wanted to do a lot of things. We knew we wanted to achieve a lot of things. But I think for me personally, I was still figuring out what makes me go, right? And over the course of the last five years uh, and working with the team here in Chicago and growing this thing, you know, I'm passionate about building stuff. Uh, I'm incredibly passionate about people um, and helping people kind of achieve a better version of themselves, uh, as it sounds like you are. And I think through that process, like I've just loved, I've just loved building a team. Um, what gets me up every day is that team and those people um, and, and what we're doing together as not just the people here in the office, but the entire community uh, that we've built and grown together online. Uh, that is what I am passionate about. That is what gets me up in the morning. That is, that is the why today. Uh, and the cool part about that is it's completely independent of dollars and success, right? Mm -hmm. That shit just doesn't matter anymore. Um, cause transparently, you know, Dan and I, we didn't pay ourselves for a very long time and we really haven't made shit with ghost. Uh, it's a fun fact as an entrepreneur, like you start a business, no matter how successful it is. Usually if you build it the right way, you're not making any cash anytime soon. So maybe uh, contrary to popular belief, Dan and I still to this day, um, you know, I had more money when I lived in New York to be real. Um, so this was never a, a cash project for us. This was a passion project. And I think we're grateful for every day that we get to wake up and do what we do. Dude, thank you for sharing your why with me and the listeners, my man. Um, and then Starting the next question that I'm going to throw your way is how did you get into the supplement industry? I know that you have some background in regards to competing IFBB pro and you were representing another brand, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but how did you get into supplements? Uh, I mean, I think I originally, I think I got into using supplements just like every other, um, you know, 16 year old kid does when he picks up his first set of weights right like i mm -hmm. was 15 16 started working out um wasn't taking anything or doing it not eating right none of that stuff right i just started going to the gym liked you know the quick results that i got i was always a skinny dude so for me like tall skinny dude started to add a little bit of size and um i think once you start getting results you start to dig a little bit deeper onto you know, how to, how do you get better results and what can you use to get better results, protein powder, pre-workout, all these things. So you just start to try stuff with, with, uh, you know, your friends in, in uh, high school. And that, that was really my first experience with supplements. And I think, you know, once you kind of dive in to that community head first, you kind of get sucked in. Mm -hmm. And I very much got sucked in. I was on like all of the forums back in the day. I was on BBCom's forums. Um, back when I was, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, kind of reviewing products and, and stuff like that. Uh, and finally, I had hit up um, one of the guys that was behind uh, marketing and product development for Gaspari Nutrition, uh, actually private messaged him in the bodybuilding.com forum. Okay. And I was like, hey, man, 
I, uh, I'm interested in, in these new products that you guys are launching at the time. It was like size on, um, and their Maya fusion whey protein and stuff. And he was like, yeah, I'm happy to send you a box to trial. If you'll do like, you know, a, uh, a journal on them for like 12 weeks or whatever. Sends me the products. I do the journal. Uh, he liked the work that I did. He was like, you got a good look if you want. Uh, I'd love to have you. I was living in Philly at the time. So he was like, I'd love to have you to Jersey to uh, check out our headquarters. I went to the headquarters, met Rich Spari. Um, this was kind of surreal for me growing up, like, you know, really reading the bodybuilding magazines and mm -hmm. aspiring to be, you know, Rich Gaspari. So I went out to their, their corporate headquarters. I met Rich, met the team. And uh, like six months later, they offered me a, a contract. Uh, and that was kind of my entrance. And the contract was, you know, not for a ton of cash. It was, it was more, you know, product based, a little bit of, a little bit of cash. I had to do demos uh, on a monthly basis. And, you know, I, I kind of worked my way up from there, but I was just grateful for the opportunity. Um, and that was kind of my, my entrance into sports nutrition. And from that point, I moved to New York and pursued it full time. That's sick. And you just set it, taking advantage of any opportunity that came your way um, to make it happen. So that's sick, dude. And then um, now, fast forward, Ghost, I definitely have been wanting to ask you this for a long time. I know that some of your inspiration for the Apparel of the Month and Shaker of the Month comes from sneaker colorways. Um, are there any other inspirations that you get for Apparel of the Month and, and uh, Shakers? Yeah, I mean, look, the easiest, I guess the, the program itself was inspired by, you know, the sneaker culture um, and community, uh, the frequent drops and like new capsules of, of apparel and stuff was kind of the inspo there. And truthfully, when it started, um, we were just kind of having fun with it. And, you know, we were, it was whether it was a new colorway of a shaker or just a, a different kind of logo T design, it started off very simple. Um, and it's funny, we actually just had a meeting this week me and the entire uh, marketing team running through uh, the rest of the year and also the first half of 2022. So we're starting to get really ahead and ramping up the, um, the apparel that we're doing. Uh, but I mean, I think like you could take inspiration from anywhere, right? I mean, I think obviously the shirt you're wearing right now uh, was inspired by the collaboration that we've done with Bubblicious um, and the color palette and you know, some of the cool graphics that the design team kind of knocked out. So it's been, it's been a fun program because you can really, it's one of the, the areas of ghost. And truthfully, this is pretty much every area of ghost where creativity kind of runs free. Mm -hmm. You know, we jump in a room with the design team and just kind of throw shit at a wall um, and see what sticks. And it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun to see kind of grow. And it seems like people are pretty fired up about it. So next year we're going to take it to a whole new level. Yeah, the legends, the fans of the brand absolutely love the apparel of the month, bro. So I got to give you, Marissa, and the rest of the design team absolute props. You guys are killing it. And it's always it's always a team effort here, man. I think the cool part about Ghost is it's it's so collaborative, not even just from the internal team here, but also with the whole community. Mm -hmm. A lot of like the colorways and even product ideas have stemmed uh, from conversations had in the comments of our YouTube channel and stuff. So. Uh, it is fully a team effort, uh, top to bottom, it goes. Okay. And then dropping another quick question your way. Is there an expo or event that has been your favorite one that you'll remember forever? So, I mean, 
look, there's a couple of directions I can go there. I mean, the Arnold Classic today uh, is a crazy one. And I think where I'm at in my career at this point, it's almost like too crazy. That, that show is just out of control. But that was the first show that I ever went to um, in my fitness career. So it's definitely one that, that hits the feels a little bit. I, uh, I went out and exhibited with Gaspari at that show. And we actually did um, like a bench competition with the guys at the at the uh, at Universal, the Animal Guys. Nice. And it was obviously all their big body boaters and and all Gaspari's big body boaters. And then they had like one dude on the team that was like their guy who was in the forums, like their amateur, but he was a house, right? He was massive. Um, and then they pinned me up against him and we basically had to whatever your body weight was you had to bench as many times as you could mm -hmm. so i was 220 at the time um and i actually being the the little guy because the rest of them were all you know 240 to 2 280 uh, i mean like frank mcgrath and stuff was benching right so that you had like some, some ogs yeah. um but those guys are so big right like you're benching 260 280 pounds for reps so I was almost at an advantage because I only weighed 220 at the time. Um, so I was able to get it 32 times. <laughs> and, and this was back when I was I was training for it. So I actually, uh, I surprised them all a little bit as a little guy, but uh, it was a fun show. It's definitely one that uh, I'll remember. And then, you know, the first show with Ghost was the Olympia uh, in 2016. And that one definitely sticks out because that was like our first real um, kind of experience with people mm -hmm. physically after we launched the brand and really kind of showing like in real life, what this brand is about. We had our booth and all the products in person and stuff. So, um, it was about three months after we launched the brand. That was pretty cool to see all the people that we had, you know, kind of talked to online and, and see that community kind of come to life in person in Vegas. So those two for me, I think stick out. Okay. Thank you for sharing that with me and the listeners, man. That's sick in regards to what you experienced when at, at your first expo with Gaspari and your first expo with Ghost. Um, dropping another quick question your way. In the beginning of Ghost, how did you guys decide to do a controlled distribution exclusively through GNC compared to just opening up everywhere and being like at, at independent stores like PNS? The, the cool part about um, this brand for us is that the intent behind it was never to be the biggest brand in the space. And because we came at it from that angle from day one, all of the, all of the things or normal levers that, that brands pull um, as they scale, we didn't feel obligated to pull, right? Like for us, this was about growing this brand as big as we can make it the way that we want to make it and feeling no pressure to pivot or move forward or backwards from that goal. So for us, day one, it was like, let's get our product in retail, right? Let's identify one partner because um, number one, it, it, you definitely get a level of credibility if you have your product on shelf versus mm -hmm. just online. Uh, but number two, we don't want to bite off more than we can chew. Right. And we're, we're guys that want to execute perfectly every time. 
And, you know, there's no such thing as perfection, but we want to strive towards that. And by controlling, you know, our footprint and not biting off more than we can chew, we felt like we gave ourselves the best opportunity for success versus trying to put this brand everywhere and just take as many POs as we can get. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, like we've actually turned down more POs than we've accepted in the six years or five years we've been in existence. So, you know, it's, it's never been, like I said, it's never been a, a size goal for us. It's never been a cash grab. It's always been, how can we continue to grow this brand authentically and in the way and, and with the message that we, we first launched it with. So the cool part is I, I genuinely think, um, looking at the brand today and you could probably ask Dan the same question. I genuinely think we've stuck to that, uh, which is hard to say five years in for a lot of brands. Being a day one legend, you guys have, you guys stuck with what makes you guys special from day one till today built on it. And you guys didn't cut corners. You did things the right way. So props to you guys. for real. Appreciate that, man. And, um, Another quick question your way is, I know we all linked up at Bollywood. So what was your favorite part from that weekend, my man? That was the first, um, you know, kind of like I, I described about Olympia in 2016. It was kind of the first um, physical presence for our brand. And mm-hmm. the first time that we kind of interacted with people uh, with Ghost outside of online. Um, Bollywood was first off it was the first event that we've had since pre-covid right yeah uh, which was challenging for all of us to navigate i think both as a brand and i think personally um so it was the first kind of time that we've really spent really any face-to-face time with with the community and, and with anybody which was cool in itself uh but also it was the first time that the that we've activated with ghost energy so it was really, honestly, my first time seeing uh, any kind of larger group, all kind of drinking and and uh, taking ghost energy. And that was incredibly cool to see. Yeah, I think, because um, I know we got there at 8 a.m. Festival started at 11. Um, and literally by 4, 5, maybe 6 p.m., you look up, everyone had a can of ghost energy. It was insane. So that was sick on the real. Plus, that's, that's cool to that's cool to see. Like, dude, you you spend so you put so many hours into. I mean, you wouldn't even believe the amount of hours that go into even like whether it's the formula, whether it's the flavor, whether it's the the label creative, right? The specific doming elements and and textured elements of the label, the trays, everything, right? you put all this time and energy in to this product and it becomes like, you know, your pride and joy, your baby. And then you see that out in the world and people, especially people that like have never seen the brand or even know any of the people associated with it or the content, they just see the can and they're like, Whoa, this thing's pretty badass." Yeah. That to me is like the ultimate goal, right? You see that you see people drinking the product and they like it and they're enjoying themselves. Like that's, really, really cool to see in person. So that was the first time we've done it with Ghost Energy. Uh, and it actually, you know, like I said, it came at the heels of a pretty stressful 18 months for everyone. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a, you know, a silver lining to it all. Yeah. And talking about taste testing formulas, um, flavors, you name it, how long or on, on, on average, how long does it take for a product to come from idea 
onto the shelf. We spend, we spend a lot of time and I got to give credit to, you know, I'm obviously involved uh, towards the tail end of, of product dev or flavor development, um, just because I think it's, it's important to get as many pallets uh, trying a product as possible. But, you know, I give a lot of credit to, to Dan and the product dev team uh, because, I mean, they put in work for these products. I think a lot of, a lot of sports nutrition brands, which you'll find and you know, you're working with a, a co-manufacturer or something and, um, you know, you might be trying to create just for the sake of argument, trying to create a, a fruit punch amino, right? Mm-hmm. Your, your team presents you with three options, right? ABC, which one do you like best, right? You pick one, you go. That's traditionally how this works. Um, and I think what we have tried to set out to do is really push the envelope on, on flavor development and how specific and, and unique we can make uh, our flavors and how authentic we can make them specifically with some of the collabs that we have where, you know, we're working directly with the, the brand's flavor teams, whether it's Sour Patch Kids, Swedish Fish, et cetera. Like we're working directly with their flavor teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes these things go through to about A, B, and C. Sometimes you go through the alphabet twice, um, just trying to get that flavor perfect. Um, so sometimes you hit it, you know, first couple times and it takes, you know, three, four months. Sometimes for, for some of the products that we've launched, it's taken a better part of a year or two to, to really get that flavor to a place where everybody, you know, they try it and you know, right away, you can see it on people's faces. Like they don't even have to say anything. They just react. And when you see that, it's a, it's a cool feeling. And I think, you know, you've got, you've got a home run and we've said from day one, uh, we're not going to put out a product that we're not proud of. So we'd like to say that we always, we always hit home runs. Um, there's a reason why, you know, it feels like we might drop a lot of products, but those products have been in the works for a very long time. So. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to drop another quick question your way. I know you and Dan have a good business relationship with Ryan from fitness informant. I know he's got his baby, Fit Butters. And Fit Butters uses protein from other various brands. Is there ever a possibility of a cereal milk or a ghost flavored protein in one of the Fit Butters? Of course, anything's possible, man. And we've and we've uh, we've obviously talked to Ryan about that um, quite a bit over the last year or so. Mm-hmm. I think he's doing some some really cool stuff. I think the you know specifically adding you know a brand's protein flavor. And putting that brand kind of on the product mm-hmm. is a very, very collaborative approach to you know a category that you know I think a lot of people have entered over the last couple of years. So kudos to him on you know creating something pretty cool and and putting a unique spin on on the you know nut butter category. Uh, his stuff's pretty out of this world. So shout out to him. But he's been he's become a good friend over the years, and I think uh, you can never rule out the potential of working with your friends. So. Okay, we'll leave it at that. Shout out, Ryan. Your fit butters are thebomb.com. So, and I got to ask, because I'm having Ghost Energy, SBK Redberry. What's your favorite flavor, dude? So, I uh, maybe I'm the norm, maybe I'm not. Obviously, I love the, I love, like, the Sour Patch Kids flavors that we've done. Um, I think I'm partial to the blue one. Yeah, but... I think my go-to, like my daily driver, is actually uh, citrus. Citrus, citrus is smooth. I'm not gonna lie. Every single time that I 
tell somebody to drink it or whatever, they tell me Sprite, Mountain Dew, similar to like that feel. So yeah, no, citrus is on point. Plus it's a, a good pregame uh, drink as well. So um, it's true. And then is there a collaboration or partner that you would love to acquire in the future? I mean, I think, um, you know, you can never, you can never rule out anyone. I think, and the cool part about, it, I think a lot of the collabs that we've done is like, dude, all of those started with a phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, and they started with just a, a conversation surrounding the potential idea and they developed from there. I mean, like, for example, like the Sour Patch Kids or Mondelez relationship, um, that we came at that from a lot of different angles. I think Dan shared that on a a recent YouTube episode with like LinkedIn messages and everything, right? We finally get a phone call, which led to a face-to-face meeting. Um, And truthfully, Dan and I show up for that face-to-face meeting, like, you know, a couple bros and t-shirts with some product samples, right? And, um, I think they they appreciated the uh, the entrepreneurial kind of mindset and and yeah. what we were trying to do, but I don't. It, it took some time. It took some convincing to uh, obviously allow that allow us to have the keys to some of their most prominent brands. So those relationships typically take, um, and the products that come from them typically take uh, a very long time to create. And, you know, I think we've still got a lot of runway with the brands that we're working with. So not going to rule out any, any potential uh, collabs in the future. And I think truthfully, um, without sharing too much, like we've got some stuff up our sleeves that's kind of very much out of the normal realm of collabs that you've seen from us. Um, so we're going to continue to push the envelope, but also push the industry envelope on what a sports nutrition brand actually means. Right. So I think, We've, we've just really scratched the surface with what we want to do. Um, and I think with like the, the potential legs that this brand has. So, you know, five years in, we've had a lot of fun, but as Dan and I always said, we're just getting started. Okay. And I think Ghost has put the industry on notice on what is possible with mainstream collaborations. Um, and other brands are catching up, but I have a feeling you're going to absolutely blow them out of the water again with your future um, announcements and whatnot. So, Dude, you uh, want to know what's what's crazy? Like the two of us have literally never viewed this as competitive. mm -hmm. Um, We've we've had a plan um, and, you know, some crazy ideas from day one. And truthfully, we've been so focused on executing against them that we really haven't paid attention to Mm -hmm. what everybody else is doing. And I don't even mean that in a bad way. I'm just simply saying like, yo, if, if we're able to push the envelope, whether it's through a flavor collab or a partnership or, you know, an influencer signing or gaming or any of the different spaces that we're entering and playing in, and it pushes the industry forward, that opens up opportunities for other brands. Like that's awesome. And that's what we're all about. Um, and I think we, you know, we prove that every day with how collaborative we are in everything that we do. This isn't about just ghosts. This is about pushing the industry forward. Um, and we've never really viewed that as a, from a competitive lens. It's always been, you know, if ghost continues to grow and push sports nutrition forward and push the envelope of what a sports nutrition brand means to everyone, everybody can eat from that. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, so I had an opportunity to ask this question to Dan about last year. Um, now I want to get your input. A lot of other brands, um, Red Call One, Revive, you name it, they have their own gyms. Would you ever be interested in opening up a, uh, your own ghost gym, whether it's at HQ or somewhere else? Of course, dude. I mean, I think, look, as, as, a, as a dude that got his start on the athlete side in an industry that is entirely fitness and gym focused, mm -hmm. I'd be lying to you if I said I never thought about owning a gym one day. I mean, I spent the better part of my first seven years in a gym every single day for eight to 10 hours training, right? Mm -hmm. So I had a training business in New York, right? So I worked with clients in the gym and in their homes all day, every day. Um, so the idea of actually, uh, putting one together, especially a ghost gym, cause I, my mind just starts to wander with how crazy we can make it. Yeah. Um, it, it's definitely, definitely, uh, an idea that we've floated out there before. It definitely beats the, uh, workouts Dan and I got last year because we were working out in a stairwell with bands. So anything we can do to beat that, I think we're, we're fully game and we've definitely tossed the idea out there. So I think that gym would probably be just given the, um, given the difference in locations, I think it would probably make for what we would want to do. I think it would probably make the most sense out West, mm -hmm. uh, probably more on the Vegas side. Um, but yeah, definitely something that we've thought about and while it's not a necessarily a priority today, uh, who knows, definitely something we can do down the line. Okay, thank you for answering that, dude. On the real. And now, next question is: What do you guys look for in an athlete or ambassador regarding joining the Ghost Band? Um, truthfully, I don't think, and we've kind of had this approach from day one. Uh, we form organic relationships with people, whether they have a thousand followers or a hundred thousand followers. Um, and if it's a great vibe, if they, they kind of fit the culture that we're trying to build and they genuinely support and love the products, that's step one, right? It's like, okay, this person, this person fits the ghost mold. Um, they're part of the community. They take the products, they love the brand. Let's figure out how to make them a part of it. And we've been able to do that in a lot of different ways, right? Like, obviously, you've got the team internally. You've got a takeover team. Um, you've got, you know, ambassadors, athletes, et cetera, right? So there's a lot of ways that you can kind of become part of the ghost fold. And truthfully, those conversations always start organically, whether it be in person or, you know, much today uh, digitally. People just said, I mean, like half of our influencer team, bro, we, we met like through the DMs nice. and like they, they, they love the brand. Right. And we kept those conversations going and it was very organic, very real. And over time, you know, whether they be posting about ghosts, which I think is important, right. Cause I think a lot of people, you know, especially in today's world, it's like, Hey, I want to be sponsored by a ghost. Yeah, go ahead. First, first off, do you take the ghost products? Cool. Do you share that you take ghost products, right? Do you create content around them? Like, I think what's important, and this is coming from somebody who, obviously I was a sponsored athlete with, with brands, both Gaspari and BSN before Ghost. And I think the important kind of message surrounding, you know, representing any brand is 
are you looking for a paycheck? Are you looking for pre product free product? Or are you looking to actually form a legitimate partnership with that brand? And if it's a partnership, it's what value can you add? Because I think so many people come come to the table with an ask. And if you lead with an ask, like in my opinion, you lose all your credibility. Yep. So, you know, twofold, I guess, like a lot of our relationships have started organically through just open communication. Um, and we genuinely just built a, a family of people that we love to, uh, to talk to, to be around, et cetera. And you can feel that in the community online, whether yep. you're with the brand or not, like even, even just fans of the brand, like everybody feels like a big family, uh, which is very cool. But then, you know, I guess a little bit of advice for somebody seeking a relationship or partnership with any brand, like never leave with an ask, always ask yourself what you can deliver, what value can you give to a brand uh, and deliver that value before you're asked. Yep. So personal, personal note or personal story, um, obviously supported Ghost for the longest time ever, just posting organically what products I was taking, right? Um, I was out in Atlanta, Georgia, and I saw that you guys didn't have anybody out there. So I sent an email to CJ or any email that I could find actually, and just said, hey, if you guys wanna do something out in Atlanta, just let me know. I'll help you guys out in a heartbeat. If not, I'll still set up like a content day with like legends or fans of the brand, right? And CJ hit me up and was like, why don't you just join the fam? And obviously one or two phone calls later, boom, joined. And, but that was coming organically, right? That was posting, that was loving the brand, the products, and just building a relationship. So 100% right, don't lead with an ask, provide value and just be real as fuck. Simple as that. Big fan of um, Gary Vee and his, and his uh, videographer, D-Rock. And if you, if you listen to any of their content, it's you know one of their overarching messages is drive value um and work for free and i think like you know a lot of people say oh i can't work for free i think everybody to a degree um if they're passionate about something and they really want to build whether it's a career or a relationship or partnership with a brand or whatever it might be if you're that passionate about it and it fulfills you to that degree i think it's worth working for free um or worth putting in the value before you get anything in return because the fulfillment that it can bring you uh, doing what you love is exponentially worth more than, than any dollar amount you can make. So for us, like when Dan and I left our previous careers, mm -hmm. full transparency, we were both making uh, significantly more money than what we made when we started Ghost. In fact, we threw all of our time, energy, and cash into starting Ghost and went significantly into debt when we started Ghost. And I actually finally paid down some of that debt at the end of last year. So five years in, I was still in debt, right? So if you're focusing on what you can get from a relationship or from a business or from a career or a job and not focusing on the value that you can add and the fulfillment that that brings to you, you kind of have the formula backwards. Yep. Yep. All right, guys, Ryan just gave you gold. So write that shit down. So, um, and now the fun questions, dude. So if you could have any pair of shoes in the world, what would they be? Hmm. Any pair of shoes in the world. 
Yep. I mean, it's hard not to say the Marty McFly's. The Marty It's McFly. hard not to. Uh, it's hard not to say the uh, Back to the Future pair. I mean, every everybody. I think everybody. Anybody who's a Nike fan um, probably wants that pair of kicks. Mm-hmm. I think you know, in a more reasonable, reasonable fashion. Like, I'm a big. I love Nike Dunks. I love uh, Jordan Ones. And obviously the the ghost shoe, which is the Air Max 90, uh, specifically the infrared. So like, those are probably my three favorite silhouettes. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, the new Travis Scott fragments are pretty sick. Uh, I'd love to have those, but okay. you know, I think what my daily drivers are usually dunks or Air Maxes. Okay. The, my Holy Grail shoes, Red October. Yeah. Yeah, that's just like, boom. If I could have that pair of shoes one day, game over. Like, awesome. Um, and then, what music do you listen to while working out? Uh, really depends. I think, um, I think over the course of a week, I could probably listen to like six different genres when I work out. Uh, my my go tos are probably. I think back back in the day when I was training, when I was, you know, 18, 19, 20, I would listen to like Under Oath and, you know, some heavier stuff, which every once in a while I still throw on today. Sometimes I listen to hip hop. Um, and then sometimes I just listen to like some heavy EDM, uh, something to get, get the energy going. But I think my go-to is probably while working out, probably, uh, Pop punk or hip hop. Nice. Sick. Helps with you. Um, next question is what place are you looking forward to traveling to the most when we're able to, when any place in the world, when everything gets back to normal? So I've, uh, I've been very blessed. I think, you know, through my time with BSN, um, and through really the, the first couple of years with Ghost, um, traveled quite a bit uh, to a lot of different countries, a lot of different cities. Um, I think if I had to say like somewhere that is is intriguing to me that I've never been, like you know, you could say like Bora Bora and some of those types of places. The problem is I don't know that I could ever go on a trip like that for a week or two and just there's not really a whole lot to do right you just kind of completely shut off yeah so while those things look cool online it's like i don't know i think uh i'd almost prefer one of my favorite places in the country to go is napa surprisingly nice um so you know we uh myself and my fiance went there recently and it's in a great place to like turn off for a couple of days. It's actually pretty close to Chicago in terms of flight time. So I've always loved kind of going there and shutting off for a long weekend or something, but then jumping right back into it. Okay. And Fit by Kiki, AKA Tyler Miller says that your wine recommendations are so on point, dude. So big wine guy, dude. Dude, <laughs> air I'll ask for some wine recommendations because I definitely want to try some. And yeah, I. Uh, been going out to Napa for a couple of years and uh, definitely uh, you kind of fall in love with wine when you go out there. So 
it's a big, uh, big passion on the side. Boom. So I know you're an extremely busy guy, but if you do watch Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, what do you watch on your downtime? Mm. So uh, full transparency, don't watch a ton of TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think some of my, probably my favorite shows that I have watched mm-hmm. over the years are uh, Mad Men. Nice. Uh Breaking Bad is a good one. Um, and then Ozark is probably one of my favorites too. Okay. But those three are probably in my, those are my top three. Billions is really good too. Um, but like I said, I don't think I've dug into anything new recently. Those are all, I think, Ozark, I think is still going on and Billions, but the other two I think are done. Uh, those are those are probably my three or four favorites, but I haven't I haven't dug anything in, into anything new recently. Yeah, I know that you are extremely busy with multiple projects, you name it, taking over the world. So, um, but really, man, I, I don't know. Like, I've never been a big TV guy. Like a lot of times, truthfully, the most that I turn on the TV is usually when I travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just like throw it on in the hotel room before I go to bed. And usually it's like sports center, like uh, big sports guy. So like I'm from Philly, so love um, like Phillies, Flyers, Eagles. So mm-hmm. pop on sports center and pass out. Okay, sick. Um, so Ryan, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being on Content Inspire, my man. Thank you for sharing your story, your experience with me and the listeners. This means the world. And is there anything you'd like to say to the listeners before we head out? Um, I mean, look, dude, there, there's a ton of different, different pieces of advice you can give. I think, um, you know, depending on the audience, something will hit for somebody, but I think most importantly, um, you know, challenge, challenge your perspective every day. I think one of the things that, you know, as I alluded to earlier in this combo, you know, I spent the better part of seven or eight years early on in my career pursuing a goal that I didn't realize at the time actually wasn't the goal that would ultimately make me happy or fulfilled. Mm-hmm. What I came to realize is, dude, that's probably so many people out there. Like there's probably people that spend 30 to 35 years in a career um, with a company and they associate their happiness with a title or a specific amount of cash. And for a lot of people, they might never ever achieve that, right? Like you could end your career not getting to the point that you are associating with your end goal um, and feel as though you're not happy because you missed, when in reality, that goal wouldn't have made you happy in the first place. And I think, One of the things that I learned and I was blessed to learn early on in my twenties is that there's so much more than what I think the world tells you, you have to value. And if you actually push yourself to dig deeper and and figure that out for, for you, Mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's a whole nother layer of, of, of fulfillment and happiness that you can get from, from doing the work. So, you know, and, and it doesn't have to happen tomorrow. So many people come out of school and it's like, I want, I want to have this job and I want to make this much money and I want to, you know, 
build this company and I want to do X, Y, and Z. And like, you've got tons of time to really figure that out. And odds are coming out of school, whatever it is you think you want to do, odds are 10 years from then, you're probably not going to want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. So, you know, nobody figures it out in their twenties. Really nobody figures it out in their thirties. It, the whole, the whole process is kind of ongoing. Um, and all I could say is, is continue to challenge that perspective because, you know, for me, I was, I had complete conviction that I was on the right path and that path was the right path because it ultimately got me to the place where I figured things out for me at, at that age. And then I took, you know, the next jump and here we are with ghost. Um, but you, you kind of have to constantly challenge that and constantly evolve. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people out there are upset or frustrated with where they're at. And in reality, it's probably exactly where they meant to be to get to that next point. So challenge the perspective, um, be open to, you know, additional forms of, of happiness and fulfillment because it can come from a lot of different places. It doesn't have to be the most obvious, which is, you know, success and cash. Okay. And thank you for saying that directly to the listeners. Man, I just got chills on the reel. And um, listeners, till next time.